Hello, my listener family, and welcome to welcome to a uh, impromptu episode of Normal with Autism. I am sitting in my living room near my kitchen table, not at my kitchen table. Probably gonna walk over there right now, though, and have a seat. Um, You might, just so you know, you might hear dogs. You might hear food bowls being dropped by dogs looking for more food. Um, You might hear some kiddos. My children are not asleep yet. We are not quite on a schedule. That was me opening the back door for the girls, the doggies, to go out. Um, And I'm just kind of puttering around my house right now. It is about 10 o'clock at night, Columbus, Ohio time. And I thought I would drop in and drop a bit of an episode here. Uh, Just to check in with you guys, to check in with myself. Excuse me, see how everybody is doing. How are you doing? How are you doing today? How are you doing today? So, oh gosh, since, um, since Thursday, there's been a lot of changes here in our state. I know it's, I think it's, I think each of the states are doing their own kind of schedule thing in terms of closing stuff. So here's what I can tell you. Um, I I was going to say, I want to call this episode, the new is not normal and it won't be for a long time. And that's okay. I know that's a long title, but I thought we would go with that one today. So um, we're here in Ohio and on Thursday, um, my, my littlest Finn has been sick this whole, this whole week since Monday night, last Monday night, he got sick. And I remember last Monday night, I think the world was still pretty normal at that point. Like, not the world, but here in, in, the, in the United States, we were still pretty normal on that Monday night. So Finn, Finn gets sick and I start kind of panicking because I'm thinking it's this novel coronavirus and, you know, what are we going to do and that kind of thing. And um, my husband calms me down and He's like, it's not, it's not the coronavirus. It can't be, you know, we don't know anybody that's been exposed at that point. There, at that point, there weren't any cases in Ohio. I don't think as a Monday night there were. Um, and I was like, okay, cool, you know, and I, and I settled down a little bit. So that was Monday night. Fast forward to Thursday. And I think things just sped up really quickly. So Thursday, I actually was out getting the results of the testing that they do for kids with disabilities. Um, if the kids are disabled in, the, in Franklin County here, they do what's called an ETR every three years. And that helps school districts understand um, how the kid is doing. Um, like what progress they're making, what they need to work on. It helps structure the IEP or the individual education plans. 
And so it's been, it had been three years and we had just, we turned in all the testing for Finn's. So we got the results on Thursday. Surprise. He still has autism. Big surprise. He's doing great. Um, that's not really a surprise. We know how awesome he is. And, um, he's just, he's really, he's making a lot of progress thanks to his wonderful teachers and therapists and intervention specialists. They're all pretty amazing. Um, so that happened and I, I was leaving that appointment and I went to the Chick-fil-A line to get a chicken sandwich or or I was going to go for a salad. And then I looked on my phone and I saw that our governor, Governor DeWine, in his wisdom, and I do agree with his decision, had closed all the schools for at least three weeks. And um, like thinking back on that, my mouth is going a little dry right now thinking about that, just the, just kind of the anxiety of that decision. Um, ooh. Yeah, I got to take a deep breath on that one. So um, my phone started blowing up. I was talking with all my mommy friends and I was checking in on Facebook and like, oh my gosh, this is happening, that kind of thing. Um, And, you know, in all of this, as I'm going through this, I kind of want to remind myself and help remind you that I think we're all going to be okay. Now by okay, I don't mean that I don't mean that we're not going to know we're not not going to know people who who pass away from this virus unfortunately. We're we're not going to not have to wrestle with some angels and come out limping from all of this. Um I'm saying we're going to come through this. And the, the beautiful thing is we're going to be different people in the end. And my prayer for all of us is that we're going to be the different people that we've, like maybe we've always wanted to be, you know? And maybe just haven't had the courage or just haven't had the the way to name it, like, this is how I want to live my life. Um, I think, I think that's, I think that's what's going to happen. I think we're all going to come through this. Many of us, many of us will be limping after this experience. Many of us will have had to have wrestled with some angels. Um, but I really, I really believe that for the majority of us, this experience is going to push us to be these people that we have always wanted to be. Maybe that we have always known we are. And for whatever reason, we're just, we're just not. I don't know. Um, here's, here's some concrete ways how I know we're going to be okay after all of this is said and done. My social media immediately blew up with who is hurting and how can I help? So the number of posts, the number of um, shares, the number, the sheer number of who is hurting and who can I help 
was just mind boggling at first. Um, and it was, it was everybody. It was people on the right, people on the left, um, people who believe in God, people who don't believe in God. It really didn't seem to matter. Um, what was happening was my fellow human being was reaching out to my other fellow human beings through time and space across social media and saying, if you're my friend or if you're my neighbor, whether you live next door or you're, you know, uh, states away, how can I help you? How can I help you? Can I send money? Can I send gift cards? Can I send toilet paper? Those were actual discussions. Um, the, my, my news feed was just lit up with those posts. And that made me just really happy and just really, um, really thankful to see all of those people reaching out, not putting any stipulations on it, not saying like, you know, I need this from you. Just the initial, the initial response was, who is hurting and how can I help? And it came from every, almost everybody I know, different backgrounds, different walks of life. They didn't care. They just wanted to help. The other way I know we're going to be okay is I saw in that the urgency of people to lift up their neighbor. I think through all the minutia that we have gone through in the last three years in terms of the political minutia that we have faced. I think there was this sense like it's me versus you. It's us versus them. And what I saw on my Instagram and Facebook newsfeed was people had this urgency to want to lift up their neighbor because I think we all know deep down inside that if my neighbor falls, I'm, I'm going to fall too. That if my neighbor is successful, I can be lifted up as well. And so to see people tap into that urgency and tap into that united, unified sense of this is my neighbor and I know if my neighbor is doing well, I can do well, that felt really good. And then finally, I just saw um, people calling out other people for being a-holes about hoarding things and about the allocation of resources. And that, that um, made me um, so happy, um, especially, you know, seeing videos of, of Congress people calling out our leaders and then just neighbors calling out neighbors to say, hey, slow down, right? Um, full disclosure, I prepped like two or three weeks ago. Um, I did not buy 20,000 packages of toilet paper. I bought a couple extra. Um, but it was heartening. It felt good to see people calling out other people and saying, hey, resources, we have to allocate them more responsibly. And if we keep going this way, we won't have a choice of responsible allocation. It will turn into a life and death situation. So to see people calling each other out on that initially um, felt really good. 
So I want to check in with you guys, um, besides those things of, of how I know we're going to be okay, those concrete tangibles, I wanted to check in with you a about a couple things. I want to know how's your anxiety, how's your job situation, and how's your child care situation? Let's start with your anxiety. Um, since Thursday, personally, I've had a headache. It's just been like this low grade dull, like ache underneath the surface, kind of always in the background. Um, and I know I get that from when I hold my breath, when I don't drink enough water and when I'm not moving my body enough. Um, so since Thursday, I've had this headache and I've, I've, I've believed there's this collective sense of dread and uncertainty and it's even a little hard to talk about all of this because it is so new. And because it's changing by the hour, if not by the minute. Um, here in Ohio, there was one, I, on one hourly news report, I heard we were going to postpone elections the next hour. Or no, it was we were forging ahead and going to have elections tomorrow. The next hour we weren't. Now we're back on. Dear God, somebody stop my head from spinning. Um, and, and let's just say, let's just call this out for what it is. Because everything is so new, it is preverbal. And it's hard for many of us to name what exactly it is we're feeling right now. And that's okay. You don't have to exactly name it right now. I can name a little bit of what's going on for me right now um, because in a sense this feels very close um, and very similar to what we experienced when we went into the hospital with Finn for the first time with his seizures um, and it, it was weird how it was kind of weird how quickly that um, Familiars, that familiar sense came on, that kind of comparison came on. Because this every time since Thursday that I've kind of had this headache or I've been anxious, I was trying to think like, where, man, you know, where have I felt this before? I was like, how could I have this feeling before? You know, this is all brand new. Um, but really it's not. It's not in the sense of, of feelings. My body's had these feelings before. Um, it reminded me of the first week in the hospital with Finn when he first started having seizures and literally there were just waves of grief, of shock, of silliness, of disbelief, of joy, of togetherness. It was happening all at once and it, it would just like you know, wave after wave of these different feelings would happen. And, and that's honestly what's been happening for me since Thursday. Um, I, will, I will go from being rather optimistic and rather joyful about the extra time I get to spend with my family, my very immediate family. I can't go see my parents right now because they are older and disabled. Um, I would get kind of silly. I would get kind of silly about everything. Um, 
where like I would post silly videos or post silly kinds of um, kinds of memes, that kind of thing. And we'd laugh about it for a while. And, and I mean, that's just been happening. It, it just kind of goes back and forth. Um, and then I'm in shock because um, we have never been in a situation where we have had a child out of school for an extended period of time. I've never had to deal with that. Now, um, I've had to do with, I've had to deal with other things that I'm going to talk about in a minute, but, um, you know, just, just dealing with the dread and the uncertainty and not really sure. And all of those feelings that kind of hit you like a wave and they come in different, different flavors. So it's very normal. I just want to say that for all of you, it's very normal for one minute, like you might feel some silliness in all of this, like, holy God, I'm stuck in the house with maybe a few people for a very long time. And then you might experience some real grief in all of this. Um, because maybe you have a loved one who's disabled or sick and, you know, you're not really sure what that's going to, what this is all going to bring for them. So that completely, completely makes sense what you're feeling. Um, even if you can't name it right now, if you can't name it right now, that's completely normal. But in terms of your anxiety, it may be pre-verbal for you. Your body is reacting right now, though. That's where this headache for me is coming from. Your body knows. And so you may not be able to verbalize it, but pay attention to what your body is telling you because your whole body is reacting right now to what's going on. Your mouth might be dry. Your heart might be sped up. You might have a headache. Your jaw might be tight. You might have some tension in your shoulders, some tension, a lot of tension in your shoulders. Um, you might have an upset stomach. All of that. If it's not the stomach bug that's currently going around, probably has to do with the uncertainty, dread, anxiety that we're all carrying with us right now in this uncertain time. Honor that in your body and just know that your body itself is trying to work through these experiences that you're having. And it's okay to not be able to name it. It might be helpful to take some deep breaths. When clients come in and I have them um, working on like initial anxiety, that kind of pre-verbal stuff before they can even name it, we'll just really focus on breathing. And um, remember, I'm a therapist, but I'm not your therapist. Um, so when I'm saying this, I'm just telling you out of experience. Um, we just do a breath where we'll breathe in for the count of four. We'll hold it for the count of four. And we'll let it out for the count of four. And um, it really seems to help um, kind of calm down 
those body responses to that wave so that the waves are still coming, but maybe they're not knocking us down as much as they had previously. So pay attention to your body, pay attention to your anxiety level. Um, Check out some interventions that might be helpful for you. Check into some deep breathing, check into maybe some uh, meditation, some prayer. Um, see, try those things on, see what works for you. You're going to want to practice something. Um, how's your job situation? Have you lost your job? It resonates with me pretty strongly about losing your job and it not happening by your own decision-making, um, or your own choice. Several of my new and old friends uh, are in either the food service industry or like the physical fitness industry, and they've lost their jobs. They have no income. Um, And that really resonates with me. Um, I can only say what helped me in that experience when I... um, I did make a choice to stop working, but it was kind of like a forced choice. Um, someone had to be someone had to be Finn's caregiver, and that was me. Um, and that's just what I had to do. Um, so I can say what worked for me is that I started to really get a feel for what my resources were and what my expenses were. I pulled together a quick support system financially. Um, My husband, my parents were my biggest supports. Who are the biggest supports in your life? Can they be a financial support to you in this time? Um, Is it okay for you to ask for help? Maybe that's part of your stumbling block. Maybe asking for help is not something you're comfortable with, I'm, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's, you're going to have to get comfortable with it. It's not easy. Um, but asking for help is, is a skill that you will get to practice many times over the next few months. Um, when I stopped working at home or when I stopped working out of the house, out of the home, to be the main caregiver to Finn, I developed a budget and we stuck to it. And I found those financial supports and I did those financial programs. Um, And it was a simple budget. It was real quick. And I pulled all the resources I could find. What are the resources in your community? If you're living here in Ohio, um, all you need to do is check social media. And I'm believe the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services is the place where you're going to go. But if you're listening to this in another state, what are the resources in your state to help folks who are like you who have lost a job because of this quarantine and because of this virus? Um, Going into a one income family or a no income family is super scary. There aren't really words to really even process that in the moment. Um, It's not just a disruption, it's painful. 
And I want you to know I see that pain. And that pain resonates with me. Um, and my main prayer and blessing and vibe out to you is that you find the resources you need to be financially stable in this really uncertain time. And then how is your child care situation? I resonate with this part of all the disruptions we're facing a lot, in part because it is extremely tricky and difficult to find safe and affordable child care for a special needs child. Um, safe because, for example, my son is nonverbal. And if somebody would hurt him, I would have no idea unless they actually left physical evidence. Um, but even then, he couldn't talk and tell me. And affordable because at the time we decided that I would stay home and be his main caregiver and we would be a one-income family, um, it only made sense because it costs as much to do childcare as it did for what I could make for a year working at the time. Um, so I get this. Um, who can you trust that might be able to help you in this situation if you are in need of child care? And I can tell you that what I've seen in the, the circles that I have here on social media is I've seen a lot of people post from older high school kids to college kids that are currently out of classes and out of maybe part-time jobs. And they are responsible, good kids and responsible, good young adults. And they need a smaller kid to take care of. Um, so maybe, maybe that's an answer for you. I don't know. Um, it might also be your time to make a tough decision about remaining a one-income family if you're able to do that. I know some of you listening are not able to do that. But maybe it's a tough decision that you'll have to make um, to try to be that one income family and do that while things play themselves out so that you at least have some certainty or peace of mind about who is with your children during the day. I know that's a big concern for a lot of people, for everybody. Um, but it's just, it's just, these are just my thoughts and I'm just sharing with you what my experience was with this when Finn first became sick. And if I hope if, if anything that I'm sharing, that any of this helps just name some stuff that you might be experiencing, gives some verbiage to it. Um, so how's your anxiety? How's your job situation? How's your child care? Um, I'm really praying for everybody listening that those three areas are things that you are able to manage um, quickly if they are disrupted for you and that you're able to find some peace around quickly if they are disrupted for you. And I'm sure at least one of those situations are disrupted for you. Um, tap into those resources, manage your body anxiety, Find help. You don't have to be completely falling apart to find some help. Um, I know that if you text, I think it is HOPE to 741-741, um, you can talk to someone for free, someone who's trained, 
and you don't have to be in a crisis point to talk to somebody. Um, so I just wanted to, to share that at least one resource with you. And there's the Mental Health of America website you can check out. And there should be Mental Health of America. Like there's Mental Health of America, Ohio. There should be like a Mental Health of America, California, Mental Health of America, Kentucky. Um, check out those websites to look for people who might be offering their service at low or no cost at this time. So you can talk to someone who can be helpful. Um, the resources will be out there. Um, and I just want to be a help at this time and a support at this time to help you find them. Because I know that it's basically a full-time job trying to put together resources for you and your family right now. Um, here is my completely uneducated guess about this current situation. I think it's going to be a full year before anything gets really back to the operating level at which we saw it previously. Um, I hope I'm wrong about that. And I hope that I don't think we'll have to stay in our houses for that long. But I'm talking about like for everything to reopen, for some of the economy to bounce back, things like that. I think we're going to have to go through like a full calendar year from now to see things start to try to come back online, if you will. Um, and I think it'll take even longer before any of us are able to really make sense of this whole situation. Um, like on a, on a national level, on a global level. Um, this is just, it's something we've never seen before, but it's something previous generations have lived through. And I think it might even be helpful to tap into some of that wisdom. Um, if we can find it out there, it makes me want to be able to talk to like my grandparents, you know, like what did they see? They saw World War I, the Spanish flu, the Great Depression and World War II, all within about a 30 year span. That's craziness. Um, so we can do this. We, we have each other and you don't have to wait for all of that to start making sense. Like that year that I talked about or even longer on like a state, national, federal, global level for any of this to start making sense. You can start now. You can start writing your own story, putting your own meaning into all of this now. Um, one of the things that helps with when we experience trauma is if we can start to make sense of it ourselves. Um, so for me, um, one of the things that's helping me make sense is a book. Um, it's by Rob Bell. And it's called Drops Like Stars. I would encourage all of you to go check it out. Um, in it, he writes about the art of disruption and um, how it can lead to the art of solidarity. And I just want to read a, a very small excerpt. It starts on page 68. And he says, um, but suffering, suffering unites. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or black or white or right or left or young or old. 
if you have the same disease as someone else, hello? <laughs> or if you have both a daughter with an eating disorder or have a brother in jail or a spouse that had died or was recently fired, you have a bond that transcends, transcends whatever differences you have. That's what suffering does. This is the art of solidarity. What we're experiencing right now, the suffering we're experiencing right now, transcends all of us. And that's why people in Italy were standing on their balconies singing together. Because in that moment, they remembered deep down in their core gut being that we are all one humanity. Um... We all know that. We all remember it. We've all covered it up with the distractions and the minutia of the everyday. But we know deep down inside, we are all one humanity. And this virus, just like Rob wrote down here, doesn't matter that you're black or white or left or right or young or old. This suffering, we're all experiencing it. And in the end, I'm really praying that this suffering, it's what unites us and what makes us all better for it. So I hope some of that was helpful. I think that's all I got tonight. Uh, I miss Sarah already. I know probably most of you do as well. Um, I'm working on a way to get us together virtually so that we can do another podcast together. And I hope to do a couple more of these with you, just checking in with you guys. I'm praying for all of you. I'm sending out love and good vibes your way. And in the end, here is to the complexity in our journeys. And boy, did it just get a lot more complex, friends. <laughs> It got a lot more friggin' complex, didn't it? So here's the complexities in our journeys, the highs and the lows that we are going through. Can we all have compassion for each other? Just a lot, a little bit of compassion will go a long way, especially now. So may we all have compassion for each other. And especially for these amazing kids who are watching us and how we are handling all of this. And just lots of love and prayers for all of you. Take care.